0: Welcome to a fresh perspective podcast, catering
1: to the latest in ingredient trends, consumer insights, and food news. Brought to you by Corbion. Hi, welcome to a Fresh Perspective podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything food. I'm Jenny Colzer your host. Today, my co-host is Ricardo Moreira, and he's our preservation product manager here at Corbion. Um, and we're going to talk today about label formulating. Yes,
2: labeling, oh, those small letters. Nobody likes, everybody wants to read, nobody reads, nobody knows exactly what is going in there. That's yeah. not good. it.
1: <laughs> I think people read them, but I don't know if they know what they're reading.
2: Exactly, that's my point. They read, but they like, oh, what is it? I don't know. That's-
1: yeah. Sometimes when I want to look really knowledgeable at the store, I'll pick something up and you know, really, really read that label, but yeah. I don't know what any of the things are.
2: People, people may think that you are getting a, a, yeah, a healthier something just if you read that. Right.
1: That's exactly. <laughs> Exactly. does it say brand on the front and am I reading the label that I'm already winning in the healthy thing today. Exactly. So. Exactly. We have a great guest. Um, let's introduce him. His name is Tom Rourke. He yeah. is the owner of 2020 Food Partners. Hi, Tom.
0: Hi, Jenny. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm great. Thank you.
2: Good to, to have you, Tom.
1: So good to have you. Um,
2: Ricardo, how are you? Good, man. Good. How are you doing? Good.
1: Today we're talking about label formulating and this is kind of a new topic for me so I'm I'm a little bit excited. The first time I realized that raw meat includes ingredients was when I was soaking chicken breasts like my mother taught me in salt water and I could see little little perforations in the chicken breasts and I thought what are these here for? I learned that you know, there are actually some ingredients that are included in a raw chicken breast. So can you talk a little bit about you know why that happens, what those are for, um, what kind of ingredients are added to raw meat?
0: Yes, and it depends on which raw meat, but some of the most common would be uh, pork, raw pork cuts like pork loins, or, and then almost all of the turkey. Uh, all almost all whole turkeys, it's hard to find a whole turkey that doesn't have some kind of brine enhancement in it. And the reason is because turkey kind of needs a little water, salt, <laughs> and phosphate so that you don't take it home and cook it to death and it's, it's uh, dry and lifeless. Uh, so if you want a great turkey, it's usually better to have a little salt, water, and even that horrible word phosphate uh and but phosphate's a great ingredient but uh, a lot of customers don't want it so that's commonly used same thing with a pork loin if you're going to roast a pork loin if you go overboard and you read your grandmother's book that tells you to cook it to 180 because trachyna was rampant back then right maybe great grandmother's book i'm sorry yeah but uh um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, you cook it to 180, and once again, it's dry. And so to protect against that, a little, you know, water and salt and maybe some phosphate uh, are commonly added. Now, your chicken breast is probably a little different story. That was probably so they could extend the shelf life a little bit. That could have been vinegar or Uh an ingredient like that. So there's kind of two different things going on there. One is to give you more yield, more juiciness after you cook it. And the other would be for uh, extended shelf
2: life. So Tom, a question for you. I mean, if I see the history, right? I mean, you saw all these changes over the t- over time in the industry, yeah. and going for for labels that were incredibly big with a lot of uh, in, in chemical ingredients. I think Corbin was uh, a, in history also part of those names, and, and then suddenly we see the change for clean label. What do you think is going to be the next steps? I mean, I, do you think we are gonna be more into vegetable extracts, plants? What is your vision for what, what happened and what is coming now?
0: Yeah, great question. And, and, and pretty broad and big question. I think there's one thing that we can depend on with consumers is that they hate the AIDs. Yes. They hate the eight. Anything that ends in ATE or ATES, they, they don't. Phosphate, oh. nitrate, nitrite, erythorbate, lactate. I'm
2: lactate, sure. yeah. uh,
0: diacetate. They yeah. want it gone. They don't understand it. They want it gone. They want kitchen cupboard labels. Yes. They want to understand what they're putting in their body. And you can't blame the consumers for that. Yes. Um, if, if you take me into a field that I don't understand and you start giving me, because every field has its language, right? Whether it's geology it's or physiology, <laughs> whatever, they all have their own language. And we do that as scientists so people think we're smarter than we really are. <laughs> and so because we have our own little language. And so we don't understand the language and we get confused. So people people want to understand and uh, they want to know what they're putting in their body. So to answer your question, I think we'll see more and more clean label type chemistry. So like for years, we've had our cultured sugar. Customers kind of like that, they knew sugar, but sugar is the new evil ingredient. Yeah. And probably rightfully so. We eat too much sugar as as a, a society, or at least American society. So they want to cut down on sugar. They don't want any sugar. But then you try to under, uh, explain to them that that sugar was fermented, so it's no longer there. Well, how can you mean it's no longer there? It's on the label. It's there. Uh, so we're looking at other types of substrates, other than sugar to ferment. So maybe some type of vegetable, like say a tomato or something.
2: Perfect.
1: Interesting. So, so what does like when, when you say, you know, we talk about consumer-friendly labeling or something that's naturally derived, I assume that that sometimes has to do with what you think, right? So, so what, how do we interpret what the consumer thinks that looks like? Like, is it just recognizable words, sugar, flour, salt on the labels? Or will they withstand some, you know, some level of scientific wording, even if if it's not an eight?
0: (laughs) I think they will. I mean, one of the things that has amazed me is with the new plant-based items that are very popular with consumers and their labeling is very extensive. Yes. So the labeling yeah. on processed meat is much more benign, if you want to talk about chemistry-type terms, much more benign than in the plant-based. But yet, consumers are accepting this. But I did uh, a little study not too long ago for Corbion, where we asked manufacturers if they're starting to get pushback. And they were indeed starting to get some pushback. From oh.
1: Customers.
0: Yeah.
1: In the plant-based stuff.
0: Yes, So uh, I think they're willing to to see some uh, like I think a lot of customers know what sodium nitrite is. Sodium nitrite is also sold in in beet powder as a health benefit. You know, I think they're they're willing to accept some. But if you have an extensive label with all kinds of uh, chemical sounding names, uh, I think people shy away from it. Yeah. At least for meat products.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to when I do purchasing just for my family and my life, I, I want something right in the middle. I want it to be as safe as it can be, but I also really want preservation. So I would be willing to sacrifice, you know, a, a word or two on the label that Maybe I don't know exactly what it means, but it means my bread isn't going to go bad in two days or, you know, my meat in the fridge isn't going to go bad if I don't use it within 24 hours. And so, you know, I try I try hard to try to find that. But as a consumer who's not a food scientist, right, I'm the podcaster here, not the food scientist. I don't know what those are. And so, you know, I feel like sometimes maybe education might be helpful in the mm-hmm. end consumer, right? And and I'm thinking that maybe la- brands and labels might be hopefully thinking down that path. Like, how can we help people make this best decision for them?
0: Yeah, Jenny, but I tell you what, over my experience over the, the years in the meat industry, whenever anybody says, all we have to do is educate the consumer. I cringe. Because I've been, I, I, I'm a married man, and my wife is very much into food and, and healthy eating and whatnot. And I've explained to her the chemistry behind sodium nitride in cured meats many, many times. I explained it to her, she understands very well. She's good with it. One mention from one of her friends. In the other direction, and she's right back where she started, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At Corbion, the word impossible doesn't stop us. It gets us going. As a leading global ingredient supplier, we create sustainable food solutions based on renewable resources and natural processes. We are obsessed with solving impossible challenges for our customers. Let's partner together to find solutions unique to you and preserve what matters most. Corbion. Corbion. Keep
2: creating. So I have a I have a question for you. So imagine that you have uh, a new scientist joining the in industry right now, an ingredient industry, right? What would you say to him, like, hey, if you're going to formulate with ingredients for, for the next generation of, of products, I mean, these are the tips to to keep the flavor and safety and also the the clean label part i mean how how what would you say to a guy that is just starting on the, on the ingredient industry today for the meat industry
0: yeah i mean we we've made big strides so they've got uh, a little bit of uh, help starting out but like say one of the ingredients that is sorely missed when you remove it from processed meats is, I mentioned before, phosphate. It does so many things, and it does them so well. And there are many phosphate replacers out there, and they help a little, but nothing that we've been able to produce would, would uh, uh, equal what uh, adding phosphates to processed meats does. So I would say, you know, work on that. And yep. then to work on some of these other substrates, like we've always used, oh, we're gonna culture something and make an antimicrobial. Well, we'll get sugar because the bugs really like sugar. Well, let's use some other things because the sugar on the label is um, something that uh, consumers, you know, they, they, they don't want a lot of sugar on the, on the label. I have a friend that has a bacon factory and their biggest selling product is their sugar-free bacon. So those are some things that I
2: would I would uh, suggest. What a nice friend to have me. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody that produced bacon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Sugar-free bacon. Although I guess I didn't know if bacon had sugar in it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
2: <laughs> yeah, you can always buy the sugar-free bacon and just put some maple syrup on it. That's <laughs> so
1: there. You go, and then and then I've covered it all, and I've just added my own sugar, which makes me, yeah, no worries there. Well, thank you for uh, being a guest today, Tom. As always, it's great talking to you, and I hope we can have you back soon.
2: Thank you very much. Nice to you. All. Thank you so much, Ben.
1: Man, that great. was great. I want to learn more about labels, even though, even though Tom's wife says, you know, <laughs> that she doesn't care, and her friends are gonna are gonna help her uh, figure out what to eat and what not to eat. But I I seriously do want more help with the labeling because I think I could make better choices, make yes. things last longer, taste better, all the things.
2: That's true. I think that's one of the challenges for the industry. How to communicate with consumers in, in a clear and nice way that uh, they they get it what it, what it is. It's a it's a big challenge. Yeah, if they if they keep doing good on flavor, I think we're <laughs> flavor and taste is a big thing
1: on Clean Able, so big thing. Yeah. And I know we're working on that constantly at Corvion. So yeah. it's fun being a part of it. Good thought. Well, thanks everybody for listening today and watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on thecorbilloncut.com and thebakerstake.com. Until next time, preserve what matters.